calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Good day to you. I am Simon. It's the UK IGN podcast. I've already got it wrong. It's because I'm all befuddled. It's Thursday, but it's my Friday because I'm taking Friday off to play Ghost of Shishima because I have not yet. But Joe, Hello. Scrabbles. Yeah, what? You've played Ghost of Shishima. Yeah. Yeah. And also, yeah, I super special I, I, star I, guest. <laughs> all the way, not only from GameSpot.com. Ugh. But America, but not from America, is Tomoise. Simon, I think you'll find that it's pronounced Tsushima. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, I pronounced your name wrong for years. <laughs> and, if you do, and if you do say Samurai, I'm going to jump on you and attack. Because it's Samurai. Samurai. I'm just going to stick with Ghost. Yeah. Um, Tomorrow, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm, yeah, tell, I'm, tell us all about you. I'm Tamor. Um, I work at GameSpot. I have worked. Uh, where, I worked in the UK um, uh, GameSpot office for a while. Before mm-hmm. that, Joe and I worked together at a uh, company called um, Future Publishing. I, I had to. I had to. <laughs> It's like you're making up your own mind. <laughs> yeah. so, I started talking shit. about future. I started talking about future publishing, and my, my mind like opened the door, and and was like, "This is where you want to go." And it was just fire and flames in there, and I was like, "No, close that door." <laughs> but it was me and it was me and you sat back to back for a while. It was really <laughs> yeah. nice. I love those. Me and Joe have that privilege. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, not for months, but you know. Yeah, so um, I worked there for a while, and then um, yeah, moved over to Gamespot. But we all know each other because we're friends, and we play video games together. And uh, damn right, um, yeah, Isn't we it? just we we like each other. And <laughs> now anyone I'm who here thinks somehow. there's anyone who thinks there's some sort of big divide between Gamespot and IGN is correct. Yeah. We're it's furious right. all the <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, is very, an ambush. This, yeah, this is like that bit at the very start of Gangs of New York where they have the little parlay before they kill each other. That is a great scene. Um, I forgot to do this for the past few guests, but I'm going to remedy that even Oh, now. yeah. 
Tam, mm. it's a hard question. Mm. What's your favourite game? Oh, mate. Oh, <coughs> you've you've done me. Um, <laughs> I would have prepared. Uh, it's probably Bloodborne. Yeah, yeah, I, I think would it's say Bloodborne. That, yeah, it's it's probably Bloodborne. Like I, I the reason <laughs> I struggle with it is because it's a fairly recent game. Which I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's something no. about picking a recent game where I'm like, mm. but my, like my favorite game is Breath of the Wild, which I have the same thing with. Where you're like, mm. you have to, you feel like you have to do mental gymnastics to be like, no, seriously, it is definitely the best. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, like until Bloodborne, I would have said probably Super Metroid. Because, you know, it is phenomenal. But this has come along and, like, Bloodborne's come along and it's... And it's like, or, or, like, Metal Gear War 3 or something like that, you know, a mm-hmm. game like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think I'm, I'm starting to get comfortable with the idea that a recent, a current-gen <laughs> game is my favourite game of all time. I've come to that realisation. I'm happy saying probably that Overwatch is or mm. maybe God of War or red dead 2 and they're both like two years ago so yeah that's an interesting thing Hmm. like i wonder if there's something to explore in like recency bias or whatever maybe or like if i guess it's not recency bias it's like i don't know the opposite of recency bias isn't it like you you want to (laughs) favor something old because it shows your credibility and your and your experience and your knowledge of the industry but Hmm. actually Let's be real. Like modern <laughs> games are way better. Like, but that's it. You, you're that's telling the me thing. they're better than Pong. <laughs> like un- <laughs> unlike books or to a certain degree art. Although if you look at really old art, it's always shite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like you know, like Bio Tapestry looks like a fucking child did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but the- so does a pile of bricks in Tate Modern. Well. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you could say that about some indie games, my friend. Uh, but games have, you know, are on an upward trajectory and always will be because of, you know, the relentless march of nerds. So that's what happens. <laughs> anyway, Tam, film. What's your favourite film? Uh, this one's easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little film called A Demolition Man. Have you heard of it? It's a bad Do you know what, Tam? I think I've told you this before, and every time you do act like we're not going to be friends, but I still haven't seen it. You oh should. It's genuinely God. It's really good. Great. I got, will see it. I, I will see it. I can send you my edit of it. I have my own edit of the movie. Um, <laughs> what? The problem with Demolition Man is it's almost a perfect film, but there's this is not a small thing, but it's going to sound flippant when I say it. There is a racist <laughs> joke in there. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, okay. um, it is unacceptable and it is i remember at the time first seeing it it i'm not liking like i was very upset by the joke um because the problem is not only is it racist and incredibly like mean and in bad spirits it also feels like it wasn't in the script like <laughs> i i need to try and find the script i've never actually read the script i probably should it's or at least the delivery of it seems like wesley snipes has just tried to improvise and ad lib and just done something racist but you know and, <laughs> and like, left it in and, and like they were like yeah this is fine and like because of the times and it do- you know everyone it at that does time does sound like active. something wesley snipes would do like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just go off and like because of the time it was when everyone was a knobhead like they just probably were like, "This is great. This is lovely. Let's leave it in." So I, I got the film, 
and I created a cut of it which removes that um, that one racist joke. It's called Demolition Man Non-Problematic Edition. I thought that was <laughs> going to be uh, a much funnier answer. That's a much better answer, or better um, yeah. reasoning. But I thought you were going to say it's... Um, uh, <laughs> it was like... That you know they have the cut with Taco Bell and there's a cut with is it KFC or Pizza <laughs> yeah, Hut? Pizza I can't Hut. remember which. Pizza. Uh, depending on market, I thought you were going to say like each time it changes, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it just flips back and forth all the way through. I I, I used I think I used the 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 basis of it is the um, European slash British Pizza Hut version because I find it to be funny funnier when the the people. Uh, there's a guy called Cocteau who's the, like the um, main bad guy, but he invites a character to um, dinner at Taco Bell. But the way he speaks, he's he enunciates it, Taco Bell, <laughs> and you can tell like his very his his mouth is clearly saying Taco Bell. But then in our in our version, it just goes Pizza Hut, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird thing to do. Like we wouldn't understand the concept of a different chain. But it's the world. old days when the internet wasn't around, mate. But also, like it wouldn't it wouldn't make them any money, like because if they did that yeah. in 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 Europe, like no one could go. Okay, I'm gonna go to a Taco Bell now, but they could That's go true. to a Pizza Hut, so they changed it. So yeah, in my mm. cut is no racist joke, and the man says Pizza Hut when actually he's saying Taco Bell. Well, that's that does sound like the ideal cut of Demolition Man. Um, one last question: mm. TV series. What's your favourite? Oh my lord! This is this is <laughs> this is a rough one. Oh, I know it's eight AM for you as well. This is this is early doors what stuff. Could, um, probably Formula Alchemist. <laughs> Oh, you are you are a big anime boy. Yeah, maybe for yeah, probably Full Metal Alchemist, um, Brotherhood, not not the original. If we're talking uh, like non-anime stuff, um, I don't know what my favorite TV show is. is maybe Scrubs. <laughs> it is Except good. Glasses. Scrubs is, <laughs> and my like um, so much of my of my humor is defined by Scrubs. Like I, like. I, I find that show endlessly funny. Also, another show that in current age is a bit problematic. I was gonna, I was about to say, <laughs> didn't they just apologise for how much blackface is in that show? I, Are you gonna do a tam cut of Scrubs? That's too many. What well, the the, the <laughs> blackface? Too many instances of racism. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the blackface is bad, but also like it's low key, like slightly misogynistic and in times and oh. and like man, even going back to like. Uh, community recently, you realise how many like gay jokes there are in there and stuff, and yeah. you're like, that was when I was a proper adult, when I was yeah. well, no, in adult-ish, and I wasn't considering that. It's so mad how quickly we've realised how well, shit I we recently were restarted a watch a peep show, and the first few episodes, I was like, there's a couple of jokes, so I was like, oh, you wouldn't do that now. First, <laughs> first time he meets um, Nancy in that, and like assumes that she must be transsexual because she's so beautiful and you're like yeah. what what's going on mm. yeah bizarre oh uh avatar the last airbender yeah pure which pure I, nice. um, i'm at the end of series one i finally started it so i'm getting there slowly good, good. through the avatar storyline which we will discuss in depth another time as for now we must talk about Ghost of Tsushima. Wait, 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 wait. You haven't asked the, asked the last question. 
I th- oh right, sorry. I, uh, it's I assumed because I knew the answer. I'm so sorry. Have you seen the Prestige? Yes, I watched it with you for the first time. You and Joe, <laughs> when you did a, a screening of it. Um, yeah, it was that was an IGN thing, right? Yeah, that was yeah, for this podcast. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the IGN RKG stuff bleeds over. Well, 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 well. I don't know what you're talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, more I importantly, did you like it? Oh yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It quickly it's went into my, one go. of my favorite films of all time. I love this I, boy. I, there we I, go. I, I bought the Blu-ray that day, and I will say, like, <laughs> um, it's one of the few Blu-rays I brought with me to America when I yes. moved over. I left others. Yes. I was like, I need to have the prestige. And do you know what was perfect about that film? You don't even need to cut out any races. No, not so, not really. I go. mean, there's a case <laughs> to be made that um, David Bowie's accent could be considered xenophobic. <laughs> but beyond that, <laughs> that's very true. Right. Previously teased. Now actually happening. Yeah. Ghost of. Sushima. Yeah. Thank you. Is that right? That's, That's correct. Right. There we go. Um, you've both played... Uh, neither of you have actually finished it. Oh, you? I've finished it, my friend. No. Oh, you finished it? No, I haven't I've, finished it. I've, I've well, finished the story, I will say. There is a, a fuckload of very boring side quests to do. That's, that's why uh, I haven't finished it. <laughs> um, from, yeah, I haven't started it yet because I don't have it. But I think from briefly speaking to you both about it, you're both, in my head, in a similar boat of you both think it's good yes mm-hmm. i think it is service not service serviceable as doing it doing it down it is a good open world game with some very nice ideas and i would argue quite a lot of ballast holding it back um i think that game could be half as big and be much better for it um not necessarily in space but in just like the amount of vaguely dull things they want you to do if you so we should say if you have if you don't know what ghost of tsushima is on a kind of wider level is an open world game set in 1300s japan during a mongol invasion um on an island called tsushima which is a real thing that happened um and you play uh samurai as he uh he's essentially one of the last remaining people after a battle um and he begins to go against his own honor code in a very Assassin's Creedy way, to see the last samurai. No, actually, um, <laughs> but he's close to it. Um, and basically, yeah, it's a it's it's a, a very transparent way of having an action game with stealth mechanics in that feels very similar to original Assassin's Creed, um, but uh, with a neat like samurai movie twist where it's all about will he stand up for honor and fight like a samurai, but maybe die like a samurai as the rest of them did, or will he compromise on his beliefs and become the ghost of Tsushima um, and kill people by dishonorable, dishonorable means while severing contact with his old life? Um, so does that mean you have a choice in gameplay between going stealthy or going there's like, a gameplay swords out? There's a gameplay choice, but not a gameplay consequence of doing those things. Okay. So you can do them both at any time, and you know it's meant to feel like you're kind of choosing which kind of gin you want to play. Um, okay, but ultimately, so the, a, it doesn't change the story. It doesn't change relationships or anything like that. It's not as so. Obviously, games before this that Sucker Punch did were Infamous, Infamous Two, and Infamous Second Son. It's not as clear as like it was very much you're going to be good or bad in Infamous. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, it's not got that sort of connotation to There's it. There's no karma system at all. Um, okay. It's just it is what it is, um, and the story will happen because you are forced into both of those things along the way. So you're kind of narratively speaking, Jin will always 
go one go both ways but you kind of it, it's sort of like you're inflecting your own opinion on it through playing it in oh, different okay. ways um, and how yeah. is that story if they're, if they're putting you down a set path you'd hope it was a good story yeah it's good I'd, like tomorrow what do you think about it um, the story itself I think I think this, the main story is the strongest part of it um, in terms of its narrative the thing that um, like Joe alludes to is a lot of the side stuff is kind of throwaway and mm. bit rote um so the thing that they're trying to do is like they they're evoking a bunch of samurai you know fiction um stuff like you know lone wolf of cup and 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 like um the uh, kurosawa films and more specifically like one of the touch points that they talked to me i interviewed them a little while back about um you know kind of the game and one of the things that they brought up was a series called usagi ujimbo um which is kind of this comic which is now being adapted into a i think an animated series for netflix soon but it's just about a a ronin who's also a rabbit so it's an anthropomorphic character and like with traditional samurai fiction you go around they have a similar structure like each episode of these kind of you know samurai tv shows or or like stories within movies is like you know they walk into town someone's like oh shit i need help and then you the samurai helps and leaves and bounces and that each most of the side missions follow that format it's almost got like title card to each mission you do the thing and then end card the problem is a lot of them are quite boring like it's it's always the same thing it's like oh the mongols nicked my rice can you help me out and then and then you run off and and then like there's usually some sort of like side thing that happens along the way where it's like oh man they nicked the rice but they put it over there even though it looked like it was supposed to be over there so you gotta go somewhere else and then <laughs> do it and then you come back and they're like thank you mr samurai but so like uh, the problem with them is that they're all so similar to that you start to tune them out like i stopped paying attention to a lot of the side quests but it, but then there are some like in between that are really really good that i find out like that was a good nice little encapsulated story um if I had a better memory, and if it was later in the day, I could probably recall one right now. But <laughs> I know, I know there have been like side quests that are really, really good. Like there's, there's certain, they're usually often linked to main characters, though. Um, but yeah, yeah so na- go on. The the bits where where the side quests start to like sing for me were basically anything that was just like a person you met on the road or someone went, there's someone in the woods would inevitably turn out to be like a 10 minute excursion to walk one place, kill a bunch of Mongols and go back. Mm. Um, And I totally understand why they did this, but there were a number of missions that were like something mystical is happening. And then immediately it becomes clear that it is not mystical and there's nothing to it at all. And you're like, Mm. I don't really understand why you even bother invoking it necessarily, or at least more than Mm. once. Like, one time in the whole game, I kind of get. But there are these missions where you follow main characters from the narrative through multiple missions and do mini-narratives with them. They're often very good. Like, there's one with, um, like, a samurai bow teacher, um, and his sort of journey with Jin is really cool. Um, And there's also these, like quests that are essentially reenacting ancient tales from the island and they start with these big flourishing art moment like art cutscenes 
that are painted mm. out in front of you and tell have a musician telling you a story. That and sounds like, cool. That's very cool. And like those are longer missions with really big rewards. And you just stumble yeah. across those. And I was like, give me 20 of those and get rid of the 60 side quests. And actually, that's, I would probably have had a nicer time. That kind of, it reminds me the way it's talent it reminds me we mentioned earlier a bit like avatar you have that main storyline and then mm. pretty much every episode in season one i've watched is go to a village or a place mm. and there is a little excursion except in each avatar episode the characters are great and they're learning something from each yeah. one whereas it seems like in this it's just rinse and repeat and you're not really getting anything from it. This is kind of my wider issue with the game as a whole. Like, I have to point out, I, I finished the game. I liked it. I had a nice time. Um, I don't yeah, like but- it as much. So we gave it a 9 out of 10, and Mitchell saw a lot about it that he loved that I didn't see in the same way. And Mitchell's a very good games writer. I'm very happy that that's yeah. our review. But from my perspective, what I love are, like, the bones of the game. So we haven't really talked about, like, the fact that its combat is very samurai-influenced. It's essentially Sekiro light in a lot of ways. It's, mm. a, it's a sword combat, like blade-to-blade sword combat system built around stances and parries, but in no way as complex or punishing as Sekiro. So it kind of gave me what I wanted out of Sekiro without having to I think be good. That's, that's the same boat I'm in. I'm looking forward to that because I wanted to really like Sekiro, but I've just never been into that. I know Tam's big into mm. the Souls games and Sekiro games, but... It's, they, I've admitted to myself now they're not for me whereas yeah and especially like, the combat looks like what I want yeah and like I, I thought as it went through learning like that guy's got that weapon I'm going to have to be in this stance this guy's got this weapon I'm going to have to change this stance very quickly and switching on the fly as you went and using little items like you can throw kunai or smoke bombs or like sticky bombs and use bows and arrows with different effects and that stuff really worked for me like i felt like the escalation of power you got you start off actually quite shit and it will encourage you into stealth very early on and then as you go through the game you kind of against what the game's narrative is telling you you become a very very powerful swordsman and i just gave up on stealth towards the end because it was simply more fun to fight 12 people at once than it was you have to be quite smart about it or could you run in and just you have to be relatively smart like by the time you've got a big health bar and stuff it's probably what like four or five hits kill you still so you can't be stupid about it but you get lots more healing slots and you get so you you, you're essentially dual wielding uh slots for the power ability like powerful abilities and healing so you have to kind of Mm -hmm. work out how much you want to heal versus how much you want to use those abilities and stuff so there's some cool thinking and i also love how the game's map works like it's a giant open world map it's fucking gorgeous everywhere except maybe some of the bits where towns are burned down and it just looks like everything else but um but the way the map unlocks is really slow like you get these you essentially see the story of your path through Tsushima because you just see the tiny lanes that you saw carved through the map and okay. when you unlock a when you beat like liberate a town or something it bursts a little opening of map around it which always inevitably reveals one thing around it to go and see mm. but everything else is sort of a lot more like for want of a better term like diegetic like you see something on the horizon or like to the point where a fox will lead you to a shrine or a bird will lead you to a, a hidden thing like you follow animals um and some of that by the end starts to feel a bit prescriptive like there are times where 
I think it's the most patronising thing in a game I can remember when I've spent ages finding a place and just as I get there, a golden bird flies in front of me and it's like, it's over here, mate. I'm like, I know, I've spent ages. Um, oh, it's like, I think it was the last that was doing it to me. It was like, I was just really looking around an area, like trying to find everything oh, and in a, like, a room. And it's like, yeah, press L3 for him. It's like, I know where I'm going. I'm just taking my time. <laughs> just, I'm not, sometimes, I know where the ladder is. Sometimes the birds will like just take you to a standard like town that you were walking towards anyway. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't need to point out everything. It's like so an th- overly helpful friend. I think sometimes those <laughs> birds are pointing you to secret. I didn't realizes till the literally the end of the game that there's like occasionally like headbands or hidden bits of clothing yeah. hidden on rooftops and i was so i just never bothered looking for any of that stuff until yeah. like right at the end a bird took me there i was like oh have i just yeah. been really angry at all these birds for taking me to such bullshit places when actually they were helping <laughs> so, um, so like, I yeah. set up like one of the things i was going to say is like you mentioned earlier that you think it's too big mm. and like you wouldn't mind if it was shrunk down i started off thinking that and I think I've reached a point where I actually like how big it is, mainly because, and this is like a weird thing. I don't traditionally get into or like feel, play games this way, you know, just aimlessly wandering around. But like the, this, the world of Tsushima, the way they've brought it to life is like so impressive that I've, I've kind of like, I'll play the game and most of my session will, be, a lot of my session will be just walking around and enjoying mm. the natural environment. Um, and that stuff is like dynamic enough to to kind of not, it's not like you're walking into the same, you know, room that behaves and looks the same every single mm. time you walk into it. Like you can approach it, you know, at the same location at a different time of day multiple times and there's always something fun and interesting to look at or like at least some serene kind of like environments to look at. And this is going to sound wanky, but like, you know, we're all trapped inside and and Mm -hmm. kind of like locked down. And I'm not saying this is the antidote to walking around, but like there is an (laughs) element of wanderlust that it satisfies. So so I think like I slightly misspoke when I said it was too big. I I meant more too long or like too much bloat, like just stuff. Yeah in there when actually I kind I do love how big it big it is but to the point of the wanderlust thing and like the sereneness of it one thing we haven't talked about which I love they've got lots of like side activities some of them are just find a thing or solve a platforming puzzle but one of them is just go to a place and write a haiku and mm. it's fucking mm. wicked like <laughs> you just sit there and it plays some nice chill out music and you look at the beautiful world and you get a selection of things to make a haiku and when you make a haiku he says it back to you and you get a little headband and it's brilliant yeah it's so there's nice a haiku, there's there's like, a haiku seven five seven five five seven five yeah and there's like some of the side activities that do quickly become bro are also kind of they have that element of like relaxing serene quality to it like you can find um like uh, hot springs and just Mm. hang out there and like he'll he'll get his booty out get into the hot hot springs and then like it'll give you an option to reflect on something like a reflect on my father reflect on the mongols reflect on you know you know my love life whatever it may be and Mm. it's just kind of relaxing and it's kind of um, you just he just has a couple of thoughts that come into his mind and he'll just address it and then let it go. But like I always, of, oh sorry. Yeah, I always just leave him in there like just to chill out for a bit. And it's kind of nice because like it doesn't bombard you with music. It just lets the ambient sounds of the world and I think that's really yeah. clever and I really like the fact that they didn't like 
feel the need to overwhelm you with sounds like sometimes just like a bird chirping or just the wind blowing is there i think that's my favorite thing in this game so far what are you gonna say there about Avatar? Uh, so i was gonna say two things one have you seen the meme going around where it's reflect on my father or my uncle but they've <laughs> yeah. replaced it with zuko from avatar <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um which is a fun reference if you get it uh and um two was oh the, so to the music thing it, it's the first game, first open world game since Breath of the Wild where they purposely, it's almost purely just environment sounds in the open world and music only starts when a thing is happening that it's calling your attention to, which I really like. Yeah. Um, in terms of like... The, Red Dead did that as well. Yeah, but, Red Dead did about that. Oh, yeah. Um, in terms of like the gameplay side of it, that like you talked about the samurai and... And this is something that I was thinking about with Last of Us as well. Like they, you have an option to stealth, but you're kind of missing out on the best part of the yeah. of of the comment. Like with the Last of Us, uh, the stealth quickly graded on me. And like, I mean, a lot of the IGN readers might not know me. I am a stealth wank. You're Johnny Stealth. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> I shouldn't have called myself a stealth wank there. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I I love stealth games like I and like they really they they really like are my my thing so I I appreciate that Last of Us stealth is gonna be great for people I thought it was a bit rubbish um, I found the enemies to be kind of like not challenging at all um, but I quickly realized that in that game's not meant to be played that way. I know there's no right way or wrong way to play it. You can play it how you want, but I feel like the the most interesting way to play that game is to kind of like get prepared. I agree with you. Get prepared. When you're scrapping. Yeah, get your get your stuff ready, run in and just like it's like put throw yourself into combat and try and like deal with what what they throw your way and and then like it's basically you want to be in a position where you the moment the fight starts you take an intake of breath and then when it ends you exhale like that's how you want it to feel mm-hmm. um, and by doing stealth you're just methodic methodically just removing that uh, everyone and it's not fun so like mm. it, that's it's kind of like the same way in Tsushima like the stealth is better um, I still don't think it's amazing um, but it's 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 fine like it's it's good it, it'll do i think the most interesting way to kind of tackle it is to dip into the three styles that is available to Jin, and that's like there's the samurai style and there's the stealth and then there's also archery i think the archery is way better than the stealth mm. um so that's what i'm kind of like my main play style currently is so what i'll do is like i'll walk into an area scout it out see where the enemies are, observe their patrols for a few minutes to see what kind of the limits are on, on their, when they're not alerted in their natural path. And then I'll basically go around the perimeter and assassinate anyone who's like a straggler. And then from there, I'll hop onto a rooftop and then see who's like uh, wandering away from other enemies and I can pick off. And then I'll just start firing arrow, arrows when they're isolated and take them out. And then you, there's, there's there's like a mechanic called standoff, where once you once you've like um, once I've done that, I'll just hop into the middle of the of the town or the encampment and hit the standoff button, and he'll basically challenge anyone remaining to a duel and just scream like face me, um, and and then like the swordsman will notice you're there. I sound a lot. Yeah, and then they come out, and then they do that traditional samurai like one on one, like hold you hold triangle to like put your hand on your blade, and then. 
the enemy when they start to react you just let go and Jin will slice them and, and it's and an instant and... kill on whoever yeah. he does it to which yeah. is just like oh, nice. it's really nice flavor yeah. and like as you go through the game you can unlock stuff that builds that that streak so you can yeah. kill like three or four people in a go like that yeah. and it's just it's a very very nice way i think i'll that. play it similar to that i love bows and arrows in game and mm. i think i'll do that and the standoff sounds really good i've seen as many sekiro obvious sekiro comparisons as i have to saw the combat of the arkham games in a way as well yeah there's a bit of that due I've, to like a counter system I've, i think as, it's closer to so, arkham than sekiro okay yeah, way, I was going to say, Tam, as someone who I know loves the Arkham games and loves Sekiro, yeah, like so, overall this combat, where does it fall for you? I think, yeah, I think it falls closer to Arkham than to Sekiro, just because it's not really about Sekiro is more about learning rhythms um, and learning, like it is about timing and and like reading your opponent, but in a lot of times in that game, like if you can, like there's there's if you can land the first. F- counter you're you're good because from that point on it's not time it's not based on timing it's based on rhythm so it almost becomes a guitar hero style game or like any kind of rhythm game like you get the most enemy attacks are standard enemy attacks are timing based with this it's kind of more like management and like in the same way that as batman you need to react to the attacks coming into you and then figure out what tools are available and how you can kind of build a a kind of chain based on your smog bombs your kunai your bow and arrow your slow down that kind of stuff the one thing that a lot of people might find a bit jarring is there's no lock on um which is and and there's no like um you know those kind of stickiness that Batman has? He'll glide across an arena mm. to mm-hmm. go where you need him to go. Jin doesn't have that. So it's more about um, kind of that, that use your tools and uh, react to the enemy around you, but also figure out like target prioritization. Um, so like archers will stand far back and and kind of like fire arrows at you they give you a very obvious like audio cue Dasha! every um, time <laughs> every time which basically is like an arrow is coming from this uh, this direction and you need to duck it or block it um but because they like space everyone out and um uh like some enemies will try and attack together um it's more a case of like oh yeah i need to run away from these guys who are trying to attack me right now to pick off the other guys because it's important to do that um it's yeah it's close it feels but it doesn't have that like flow that um uh arkham uh, or the batman games Mm -hmm. do it's more about like um quick reactions because like Jin's blade will take out someone there's two levels of counters as well like there's a perfect Mm -hmm. counter which if you do it like um at the ideal moment he'll kind of almost pretty much kill most enemies one hit Mm -hmm. um or, or the heavier enemies, he'll take a significant amount of their health off. And then there's a secondary counter, which is like, you did it. You tried and you did it. Well done. And that's just basically deflecting and just like Pat giving you back. an opportunity, uh, giving you an opportunity to fight, but it's just like standard attacks. Um, but he can so, he can also block like almost every attack, mm, which yeah. so like barring unblockables, but then you can get ones that can only be parried and ones that, you know, like there's all these like that. That's I'm the like, very Arkham-y element where it's mm, like lots of nice. different attack types to start learning and work out how they work against you as the game goes on. Um, yeah. You gave a very good account of why it's not like Sekiro, but that's definitely an expert's opinion. There's a lot about this that's like Sekiro mm. if you haven't played much Sekiro. Yeah, yeah. I think I think from the from like the uh, from like a not not a, 
don't know what the best way to say it, but like, if you wanted to like Sekiro for its combat, but felt like mm. it was too much or too overwhelming, I couldn't find the satisfaction. This will make you feel like you're playing Sekiro and give you the Perfect. feeling. Perfect. Yeah, that's what Sekiro. I wanted to hear. Gen- Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. You could just told me that. Yeah. Put that on the box. Um, well, I'm gonna spend most <laughs> of the Put that on the box. Imagine that Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> yeah. will make you feel yeah. like you're playing Sekiro. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm going to do that most of the weekend. Sounds like a game I might mainline because, by the sounds of it, the side quests aren't as I, interesting. I, 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 I honestly like. I started off feeling like I'm just going to mainline like, this at a certain point, but then I very quickly realized that the kind of rote mechanical gaminess of it, it's also kind of comforting. Like, I've reached a point where I'm, like, into it now. In the same way it was in, like, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed 2, where you're like, yeah, I'm not getting anything for fucking flying or chasing these feathers down, but it kind of feels good. So, I, I like... it's. <laughs> it's like, it, I think they've nailed the, the Ubisoft, like, ticking boxes off way better than Ubisoft has been doing lately. So, I reckon you'll, you'll probably end up doing... Like a lot of the side stuff, just because it is the core mechanics. Say, yeah. I'm going to end up with the platinum, Arna. I'm going to end up with the platinum and a thousand different photo yeah. mode pictures because uh, that thing looks. Photo great. mode is nuts, and I believe the platinum's pretty easy to get. Um, there's just yeah, there's some weird hidden ones in there, according to Dale. Um, there's one extremely specific Sly Cooper reference, um, yeah. which is funny, mm. but yeah. Uh, continuing the very serious Japanese theme, mm. I've been playing. Paper Mario and the Origami King, mm. um, which is also a Japanese reference if, if you're into your folding paper. Um, that's what I've been playing. <laughs> I'm only like seven or eight hours in. It's my first Paper Mario game. I don't know if either of you are familiar with the Paper Mario series. Mm. I am-ish. It's yeah. never been like yeah. my thing. Um, thousand, thousand Year Door's great. Yeah, that's the one everyone everyone talks about and that's the one i haven't mm-hmm. played properly um <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's something like it's something i get but yeah. haven't uh, it's, i feel the same about paper mario as i think you guys feel about ghost Tsushima. i keep saying it a different way every single time i say it um it's like yeah we gave it a seven and i pretty much agree with that so far i'm only like seven eight hours in i think it's good but for different reasons than it sounds like Ghost is good, that it's not the combat that interests me at all in Paper Mario. Like, if you don't know what's going on, it's kind of... You're walking around the world like a Mario game, except when you encounter enemies or jump on them, you don't just kill them. You then go into, like, an RPG-style battle arena. Mm. But these battle arenas... (coughs) Sorry. Take place on a series... Of circles, it's a very hard thing to explain unless you're seeing it. But basically, it turns every turn-based battle into almost a mini puzzle. It's not really turn-based combat. It's more you've got to line up these enemies in two moves of a ring within 30 seconds. It's more like a mini puzzle than it is RPG combat. And for the first few times, that was fun. But for the 50th time, I was like, I wish this was just a normal mario game and i was running around jumping on people because that's what i want because i love turn-based combat in rpgs but this one does nothing for me because it's either way too easy or very occasionally just jumps out of nowhere and becomes really hard on a boss battle but you still get through it because you have so many like i have something ridiculous like seven thousand coins and it Basically, you can just 
win every battle by spending 50 coins so like <laughs> it's not really it's obviously it's not a hard it's not meant to be a hardcore rpg in the same way pokemon is you know everyone always refers to it as you know baby's first rpg this very much is that realm of thing um the one thing i will say is it looks incredible and the fact that everything's paper it does remind me a lot of tearaway naturally and i really like tearaway but and it has that same sort of quirky humor i think this is i'm speaking with someone who hasn't played paper mario but i'm i think the series has always been like that it's always been a bit bit not that mario is a serious franchise but uh the paper mario games have always been a bit more on the silly side mm. yeah pretty much they're like they're like light rpgs basically and the humor has traditionally been what kind of sells it for a lot of people um yeah it's 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 quirky and a few times I've smiled like, oh, that's a that's a cute thing from a toad that he said there. But I'm never laughing out loud mm-hmm. at the human, especially as it's all. And this is one. This is just a pet peeve of mine. I don't like games when every single piece of dialogue is like it's never going to make me laugh just by reading it like that. But there you go. I'm just going to say there's a bin man truck outside my house and it's really loud, so I'm muting for a bit. Oh, I can't hear it. Can you not? Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll keep it on for now. Uh, what do you guys, because I hate speaking unprompted, what do you guys want to know about Paper Mario? <laughs> um, I'm like, I think you answered my question about the battle system, which is the bit that's always interesting because it's the thing that always changes in Paper Mario games. Like, is the story actually, like, good? Or the is it just story... an excuse for jokes? It's kind of an excuse for jokes because the premise is exactly the same as Breath of the Wild. And I'm not even like, it's exactly the same. Like, you go to a place and Princess Peach has surprisingly been captured by the Origami King. But then what happens is, like, that uh, Princess Peach's castle just takes off and flies off to an area of the map you can't get to. And then there's five is it five or six different coloured streamers are tied around it and you have to let those streamers go by going to five different sections of the mm. world and defeating the boss in each area. Each of these areas has an elemental boss, a bit like Breath of the Wild, um, <laughs> to finally get to the main castle where the boss is, just like Breath of the Wild. But um, it's a very, it's a simple story. You may, I do like that you basically... Anyone who just looks like normal paper cutouts, like Mario, even like uh, every Toad and every like Koopa Troopa that would normally be enemies, you can talk to them. It's the origami-looking folded ones that are their enemies. Mm. So you don't. <laughs> so it's weird. It's just like talking to like shy guys who are normally enemies and just, like talking to you and trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess my main question was about the battle thing battle system yeah. and you already kind of addressed that so i'm not far enough in like i'm eight hours in and i'm already bored of it but that's not to say later on it doesn't become really challenging but i can't see that happening because it's a fairly like in boss battles they do shake it up and do slightly more interesting things with that battle system but i don't know, i'm already quite bored of it and like i said i wish i was just jumping it like i wish every enemy i could just jump on them like mario does hmm but I still think it's like I would say if it's everyone's I wouldn't would I recommend it for a full price I can't say I personally would 
and I would say get it in a sale, but Nintendo never do sales. So that's a frustrating <laughs> thing, isn't it? There's so many. They have so yeah. many games where it's just like I would play that if it was slightly cheaper, and they're like, nope, never. No, nah, yep. it's not happening. But yeah, uh, let us know what you think of Ghost of Tsushima and Paper Mario by sending that into IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Um, few other things we've been doing. Joe, you've been watching stuff. I've been watching loads, mate. I've talked about most of this pre- previously, but we finished Snowpiercer. It, what do you think? I think it's very compelling television that might, under close scrutiny, appear to be bullshit. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's one of those ones where as soon as you start thinking about it, you're like, nothing in this makes any sense, and I don't know why anyone's doing anything. That is, I'm very cons- very intrigued to see how they can make more of it. Cause, well, like... <laughs> Does it like I? Uh, I don't want to spoil no. it for people, but I'm interested to know where the first season. I ends. did exactly the same thing saying. because so we talked about this previously. But the fact that it's based particularly on the um, Bong Joon Ho version gives you a mm. very clear sense of where you think it's going to end, and that does not appear to be possible as you approach the end of season one. And you're like, okay, <laughs> so they're doing something different. Um, and they are. It's just the different thing that happens at the very end of the show is so just off the wall that you're like... <laughs> In a fun way? I really liked it. Like, it made me immediately go, you know what? I don't even care that I thought half of this was stupid. I really want to see what they're going to do next because, like, they kind of... It's one of those cliffhangers where there's about three other cliffhangers built into it at the same time <laughs> and they leave you with all of them and you're just like... What fucking like it felt like it came to a natural conclusion that it was the end, and then the last half of the last episode is just this like complete cavalcade of new bullshit. It's great. <laughs> I had such a lovely time. Um, I liked it way is, is more. Is that a recommendation that. then? Yeah, it's a recommendation. <laughs> like there are people who are going to watch it and going to be like, "Oh, well, this is stupid," um, and like a lot of the characters are very poorly drawn, and there's some weird motivations and all that stuff. Whatever. If you just want like just mad it's someone who's just watched game of thrones and gone like what if we just took all those bits and put them in a train um, <laughs> it's good I, I really enjoyed it i've also finished nice. dark which improbably Ooh. manages to stick the landing um wow it's not like i so i will say again i can't talk about why i will say that there are elements about the ending that i am not satisfied by but i cannot fault them for any narrative logic problems which is insane if you know what that show is and particularly what that show becomes as it goes on like the further you get into it the more it seems impossible that they could possibly tie it up in a way that makes any kind of logical (laughs) sense and the fact that they do is like one of the most remarkable writing achievements i can ever remember in tv yeah i wouldn't even just watching i'm I just watched episode five of series two, mm-hmm. so I'm just over halfway through the whole thing. And yeah, just like watching this, even thinking about starting to write this, where do you start? I don't know. Like, it blows the my thing mind that, that gets me. someone has written this. There's, this isn't a spoiler, just to be clear. Um, yeah. The thing that gets me is not just the writing, but the filming of it. Because there are points where there is the same location presented maybe eight different ways. And so the idea that they've had to dress and redress a set, sometimes like tearing it apart, 
in mm. all these different variations and have to film chronologically while showing a non-chronological thing just fucking it's blows insane. my like whoever the producer was must have had an absolute nightmare <laughs> and i imagine yeah. they're still lying down <laughs> i'm intrigued to know because i haven't looked into the production of it but series three only came out what a few weeks ago yeah. series two was last year wasn't yeah. it it was but i'm in my head they shot season two and three at the same time is that that would get around is that a guess or some do you of know that. that that would be a guess yeah. to me because they came out so close to each other and the fact that that would get around a it lot would of make sense. it's only eight episodes a series they but, very clearly had an end yeah. point in mind like they were calling this the final season before it even really got announced yeah. so i think it was pretty clear that they had an idea yeah i've just got to a point where a big plot beats happen i kind of know i think i know <laughs> what the purpose of one character is what what but who knows that'll probably change in about 20 minutes what i love about (laughs) dark is that it consistently rewards you for thinking around it and for working out the things ahead of time but that it never Mm. feels like you've spoiled it for yourself because you've never actually thought of what the implications of those things mean like if you haven't seen it dark has a timeline website like an official timeline website i think it's just darknetflix.io and you can choose what episode you're on and it will show you the family trees as they stand at the point of the series you are up to. Because, yeah. fuck me, they change. Um, and, like, <laughs> just clicking through season one, season two, season three episodes and seeing how complicated that thing becomes is fascinating. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's some stuff. I Like, I don't know if it's popular enough among us or our audience to do a spoiler cast on it, but... I. The first thing I did after finishing it was phone someone else I knew who'd watched it, and we spoke about it for like an hour and a half. Like it's one of those. I know Matt's wa- those films. Yeah. I know Matt's watched it all now. Uh, we could we could get something. Oh out, god, it's so um, mad. I just need I just need to find the time those rare hours where I can fully just sit down and concentrate on yeah. it without anything else. Because not only is it in German, but it's one of the most convoluted things I've ever watched. Have you thought of watching it, Tom? I am gonna watch it um purely because i remember joe telling me about it one time i thought we were on some sort of press trip i can't remember where we were but you were telling me about it as we were mm. walking around i guess I yeah like, it's been around have, for a was while was it when we were in hamburg might have been maybe when we were in might have been, yeah maybe oh because yeah um, they had season two adverts up when we were over there okay that'll be it yeah. Yeah. yeah and i remember thinking i need to watch it um but yeah i definitely want to go back to it and it's on netflix as well here so yeah I can Check oh, Tam, I need to tell you, we had a mad GeoGuessr game like two weeks ago oh, yeah? where we, we, it was just the whole of, get this, it was an urban world we were doing, which just puts you in any town, city, village in the world. We were literally dropped next to the miniature world museum in Hamburg. Oh, wow. We knew exactly like, where we and were. <laughs> to the point where there was a glitch and you pressed forward on the map and it took us into like as if we were the camera was on the train that travels around the miniature wonderland oh, wow. in Hamburg. <laughs> if you haven't been to Hamburg or you haven't seen this it's one of the best like attractions i've ever been to it is a three story building incredible. filled with fucking enormous uh miniature like Models. village towns yeah. and the alps and a working airport and shit it's fucking fully working airport it's, which the millennium falcon takes off from like every it's hour one of the, or it's something. one of the best just <laughs> i would go to hamburg for it <laughs> it's yeah. so good it's, it's really low key as well amazing. like you yeah. don't know it's there like people mention that there are signs but you go in there and the building looks a bit shite and then like you're you're like walking up some stairs that look like it's just like a school or something and then suddenly you're in a museum it's great yeah, that's also GeoGuessr is maybe game of the year so far who yeah, knows maybe, I yeah. love it 
We did it. We've a- got a new contender, though. Oh, I, so I, yeah, I've been playing uh, Trivia Royale, and I had never heard of it, and apparently it's a big deal. <laughs> but it's basically a quiz game <laughs> where you're put in a room... Or, f- fundamentally, the idea is there are a thousand people playing in the quiz, and by the end, if you're good, you'll be the one left having beaten people mm. as you go through. So you have like these five question rounds that get harder as you go. Um, and you're competing for not just correct questions, but answered quick enough. Um, and I'm good at it, so I love it. Yeah. <laughs> me, me too. I got a win yeah. the one quite thing early I on. I think it's 11 rounds in a row yeah. you'd have to win mm-hmm. to win. I didn't, I didn't realise it was time-based as well. Yeah. So I was when I first started, I was doing that thing <laughs> where I was doing the gaming one, and I would like... I would know the answer, but I wanted to see what they were. I, I wasn't clear whether they could see what I've answered, if you know what I'm saying. So when you select an answer, it puts like your icon next to it on your screen. But I wasn't sure if they could see my icon. So like if I answer a thing, are they going to be like, uh, all right, I'll just select that as well then. Um, so I was waiting a lot of people out. And then they got one. It got it got to a point where um, it was like a, a, a I was up against someone, and we drawed, and it just gave them the win. And I was like, "How is that allowed? What, what is, what's happened there?" And then later on, someone was like, "Oh yeah, it's quickest." Okay, read the rules, good. mate. Come on. Yeah, uh, it's good though. If, if you like a quiz, I can recommend. Yeah, it's, trivia. Yeah, the, the app so is a bit of a catastrophe though. So yeah, it does disconnect quite often. Also. Um, your uh, avatar customization only available on iPhone yeah. at the moment, not on Android. So I can't make anyone who looks like me. So uh, that's why. Uh, just to, to break the spell for a bit, I've just realised I've only got 20 minutes before I have to go. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're going to have to absolutely oh. speed up. All well, right. let's, let's rush through or, this. Or um, you can carry on talking about your bits after quiz and feedback as like a weird broken segment. Oh, well, we can just speed through it, I guess. Yeah. Let's just speed through these yeah. couple of bits very right. quickly. Then... Yeah, let's do it. Um, I've watched Hamilton. It's very good. It is. Next. Se- yeah. The second half isn't as good as the first half. I, will, I yeah. would agree with that. First half is like 10 out of yeah. 10 strong. Second half, maybe I'd an, say eight, an 8. But uh, Too yeah. many show but, tunes, yeah, I loved not it. enough hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to it a lot, and it's very, very good, especially uh, if you like that era of history. Peggy deserved uh, better. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Um, Diablo I've been playing Diablo 3 my first ever Diablo game and I very much enjoy it it's scratching an itch that Borderlands 3 didn't scratch for me and me, Tam and Lucy over at GameSpot are playing it together Mm -hmm. and we're having a lovely time I think and I have a big beam which I disintegrate everyone (laughs) with and that is me big old beam yeah, he loves the beam. beam. There's a video the I got of him just like losing his shit at the beam, like just like he's doing the wheezing cough where he can't recover from it because it's just he's seeing the beam and it's like on a downward spiral. It's incredible. Seeing the beam, it's a very good beam. Uh, what? Uh, what? Are both of you excited for Diablo Four? I'm not a Diablo person. I don't like looting, am, crawling stuff. I am now. Fun. Yeah. I am now because I'm very much enjoying this. I'm excited for it because they've talked about that. Like, Diablo is is uh, it's become a little more like um, cartoony and like a little more like Saturday morning cartoonish mm. in the with three. Um, and I think that they've said their plan is to be nineties ed- edgy again oh, with the franchise, um, which is what I kind of want from it. I always like love the the kind of um, it makes you feel kind of gross playing it back in the day it reminds me um, of um the vibe of something like the castlevania netflix series where it's like 
It's yeah. very self-serious and will can take the piss out of itself occasionally. But when it gets down to it, it's just a bit grim and like just horrible shits in there, and it makes you yeah, feel a bit exactly. teenagey. It's nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. I'm liking it. It's, it's scratching that loot in itch, and yeah, it's good fun. It's a good chatting game as well, so you can just completely zone mm. out and just hold in X. Uh, what have you been doing, Tom? So I have been playing. I played a game that I'm going to recommend. Uh, we obviously we talked about Tsushima, but um, on iOS is a game called Song of Bloom which I think you guys would really dig. Um, it's like maybe an hour, an hour and a half long, maybe two hours actually. And I think it's maybe, I think it costs $2 here. So I imagine it's probably no more than like three or four quid over there. Um, mm-hmm. Really interesting game that uses the iPhone in smart, creative ways. So the story itself is one of those like um, less is more kind of stories and narratively driven like it doesn't tell you oh this is a character this is what she wants it just opens with um a lady saying i see the signs and then you have what is effectively a tree and um at the end of each branch is like a a puzzle um and along the way you unlock clues and what you're doing is like you're playing a sequence plays out and it's a series of graphics that you get to see like a man holding a phone a triangle and then like some constellations but what you don't know is there's ways to interact with each of those that you're just not aware of yet. Um, And you kind of, it starts off with a bit of experimentation, um, but there's also clues in everything you see. It's like, for example, you might be playing uh, a puzzle and then you might see, oh shit, there's, for some reason, I've like, um, you know, I've, I've flipped all the pages on these calendars and ripped them off and it's been like July 13, 14, 15. But then instead of 16, there was just a triangle. But at the top of the triangle, there was a red circle. And you're like, that was weird. And then you carry on. And then later on, you'll see, oh, there's a triangle here. And if I draw, it's red. What happens if I draw a red circle at the top of the triangle? And that's effectively what they want you to do. And then they'll take you to another Mm. puzzle sequence. So it's like this, you're going along this sequence to figure out interesting ways or like figure out clues and see where you might be able to use them. But it's it's like that, that element of like, connecting the dots is incredibly satisfying and over time like you learn about the lady who's kind of voice voicing over um but the the important thing is like it does that thing where it tries to um make sure that your interactions are really interesting in some way like it has you like turning the phone upside down and you play like a version of like um uh space invaders or 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 pong but you're not like using the screen you're using the volume up and down button to move around and you have to like shake things and it's like it's like that early remember that kind of like the thrill that you got when you first got an iphone and you were playing games by interacting with the screen the carling thing where it was a fake beer that you drank (laughs) yeah yeah there's there's literally that is in it um but like in this one it's like you're pouring a coffee and then when you hit the like you wait for like the color red is really important in the game it shows you like you can interact with something like you have one where it's like and there's so many different paths through a puzzle. You might like um, like do a puzzle um, and it's like, oh, one of the ones that I'll spoil is like you've got a screen full of popcorn kernels and then when you touch the screen, they pop. 
So you're like, oh, obviously I need to just make all these pop. So you do that the first time, it all pops and it moves on. And then like you eventually you'll reach a point where you, a clue will show you the popcorn screen again. And you'll, and you'll think, why is it showing me that I already did that? And then you go back to it, you pop the kernels, but then you don't pop all of them. You just start like flicking some of the kernels out of the way. And then underneath the pile of popcorns, you'll find, oh, there's something to interact with here. I didn't see it the first time because I was so focused on the interaction of popping kernels that was That's like cool. scratching. And then like you figure like out. sound. Yeah, it's, it's basically like going deeper and deeper down a hole. Um, I think it's won an Apple Design Award. Um, but like it's it's two hours long at most but like it's quickly become one of my favorite games of the year it's one of those like look at this look at this like i emailed <laughs> not emailed i texted like five different people to be like you'll like this you'll like this um it's really really cool um i'm into it so i played that um and then um uh i started watching uh what we do in the shadows yes um i, I rewatched the movie um I don't think anything needs to be I, like Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love Taika Waititi's mm. stuff. Um, it's been a while since I watched What We Do in the Shadows, so and you know, acclaimed. Nothing more needs to be said about it, except I can't believe that we don't use the phrase "leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet." Yeah. more. Um, the one thing that <laughs> I always think about with that—I mean, I've watched that film so many times, I love it. The joke that I think gets lost from that film <laughs> that is so good is. The reason we drink virgin blood is basically, you know, if you had a sandwich, you'd prefer it if no one had fucked it before, which is like just one of the most perfect jokes I can imagine. So I started the I started the TV series um, mainly because like uh, so Lucy was started watch um, mm-hmm. our friend Lucy started watching it and was like it's really good and. Um, uh, she said that I specifically should watch it because there's a certain vampire character that I know now know who it is, but like <laughs> in terms of vampire fiction, oh uh, yes, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see that. Um, and yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna work through that. I also started an anime um, called Haiku. I realize there's not enough anime talk on this podcast, uh, <laughs> which is unacceptable. <laughs> so I'm here to fill fill that uh, gap for any anime IGN UK listeners out there. I started Haiku. It's like beloved. Um, everyone talks about how great it is. Um, it's a volleyball anime, um, uh, obviously. Um, I'm like two episodes in. I feel like the first episode, it's just... I don't think it's a strong start for it. Um, I'm going to give it more because of how effusively people talk about it and say they love it um but the first episode is just like an ill inelegant stuffing of every anime trope ever like just within 20 minutes like the stuff that most other animes elegantly stuff anything no you can you can place it in in like interesting ways but it's like it's it's got everything the kid who wants to do the thing he sees someone else doing on tv and suddenly redefines his life based on it and then immediately challenging someone to be your your kind of like rival and and then like it's got all the tropes in there it's very melodramatic um but i feel like it's all set up to get to the point where so it sets up the rival element of it where like there's two kids one's a very you know energetic loves to play volleyball um but not really super talented but has one particular skill he can do really well which is jump um and then there's the other nemesis on another school team who's like just the the genius setter player who's you know very amazing and it sets you up to be like, all right, so this is going to be about their rivalry. But then it kind of flips it by making putting them on the same team. So it becomes a story about how these two, like, um, oil and water people 
have to work together to realize their own dreams i'm like two or three episodes in and it's not got me yet but i'm gonna stick with it for a bit longer just because people really really love it and i want to see why um i'll probably give it like the five or six episode treatment um and 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 like go from there but yeah between that and what we do in the shadows which i forgot to say is the series is actually great um uh, i'm like three episodes in and I'm, i'm loving it um uh I love the, cool. the the uh what's the name of the um the big bad vampire that comes in the Baron the Baron yeah I'm a huge fan of the Baron <laughs> so far. <laughs> I had a um bowling ball, a big red bowling ball that I stole from a bowling alley in Leeds at university that I kept in my room and called the Baron. Mm. Just so uh, that's my alternate fiction for the Baron. Carter just straight up snitching on himself <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> They can't get me now, mate. Yeah, Ten years one ago, one police officer who's been who's been on the the stolen volleyball case Listens suddenly to this like, podcast. Oh it's like God. that's the kid who stole the yeah. Baron, left it there. Nightmare. Yeah. Um. Anyway, should we do a quick quiz? Yeah. Inside. Okay. <laughs> Inside. It's a UK Aegean crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? Okay, quiz time. I've got a quiz. We are doing PG tips, but for video games. If you can't remember what PG Tips is or you've never heard of it before, it is going to be five different video games. I've got seven clues for each. You score seven points if you get it on the first clue and one point if you get it on the seventh and so on. Well, or in between even. Uh, These are all user-submitted parental guidance quotes from IMDb for video games. So bear in mind, these may be slightly odd, but they are all... Correct. I may have altered them slightly if they mention character names. But That's fine. There we go. Here we go. Five different games. Okay, game number one and clue number one. <laughs> so this person under the violence and gore um, section of the parental glance has simply written 7.7. <laughs> so they think it's 7.7 out of 10 for violence okay. and gore. I'm going to say... Um... There's your clue. <laughs> hmm. What was that hmm. black and white one on Wii? Mad, mad world. Mad world. <laughs> what? Not that, no. Commentator Greg Proops. <laughs> uh, I'll go on to clue two because if you get it from that, yeah, I can't. You know. can just... Right, clue two. You can snap bones and legs. A light snapping sound is heard when done. Mortal Kombat ten. No. Batman Arkham one, two, or three. It is Batman Arkham yes! City. Oh wow. I only thought of, I guess. only thought of that because someone pointed out that Batman breaks loads of limbs in that game, and it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I thought Tom might get on. Sorry, Tom. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, six points to Joe. Just let me uh, write that. You can come on our podcast and beat me at games. <laughs> uh, the other clues I had for that were: most characters in this game have an eerie voice and scary face. <laughs> Kids under ten may what? be frightened. What? <laughs> Uh, four, there is a huge billboard that you encounter that says City Nudes, and it shows an LED naked Damn. woman with her legs and shape visible. Oh, shape. Note the building cannot be entered. You can see her shape. Gross. Um, then there's a drug that enlarges muscle mass and allows super strength. Was clue five. Six, I didn't know about this Easter egg. 
In an easter egg, there's an abandoned boat in the water. Inside, there's cockroaches and bugs crawling around. No. Hmm. And at number seven, the Abramovich twins can be very frightening. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's six points to Joe. Game number two. Strangely, only the females do not show signs of bleeding or bruises in this Jesus. game. Jesus. It's a weird thing to write. Like <laughs> these are all user. Also, I love that well. this person's been like, "This female <laughs> didn't bruise." Yeah, mad. Uh, uh, if you get it from that, it does probably make you sound a bit like just a psycho. Say, you know yeah. what game that is? Ten because of tomorrow again. Nah, it's not that. Mm. Uh, number two. This is a long one. Some of the male characters sometimes taunt each other. Or other players using a gun motion gesture. In brackets, the person's index finger and middle finger are pointed straight out close together while the thumb is curved inwards and the rest of the two fingers are folded inwards forming a gun-shaped hand. Just explaining to you how to do a gun with your hand. Imagine writing that out. (laughs) What is that? And usually an insult follows. I'm doing it now. You stink! Yeah. Should everyone do it? Everyone at home do it. No. Um, it's a GTA 4, <laughs> GTA 5. It's, it's not a GTA, no. Uh, Saints Row. No. Okay. EDF 5. <laughs> no. Okay, clue number three. Some or most of the characters in the game insult or name call one another, sometimes using profane language like, I'm going to cut your tongue out and lick my A Whoa. with it. Or Def Jam your 5 go- on New York. Or Vendor. You can't just build a quiz around to Moore's interests. (laughs) I haven't done that. I maybe misled. I maybe have led with that. That's that's Redman. I'm a Redman. I didn't know you know direct quotes. I've never played that game, and I know that line because Tamor's said it so much. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he knew that line off by heart. But there you go. A couple more quotes here. Finish the quote, Tam. Your girlfriends are. (laughs) I'm not finishing any of these quotes. No. Yeah, I know you're not. <laughs> uh, the other clues for that... So that is, sorry, that is five points for Tana. Uh The other clues were the player has to choose one girlfriend out of four hot-looking women. Oh. Uh, and then, do you know what? I'm not going to read out all of these for all of them because it's taking too long. <laughs> I'll read them if they're particularly funny. Yeah. But the others were basically just about the soundtrack. Uh, cool. Game number three. In one scene, the player kicks a. Uh, sorry, in one scene, the player character kicks a man in the crotch area. Mm. The could, could be a lot of games. That I'm gonna think mm. along the lines of, if I was writing a quiz, so that Tamor would definitely win it. I'm gonna say the the one I, piece. I game. wouldn't. <laughs> it's not. I would. Not, I have. These are not all time games. I will tell you that now. Those two may well have been. Hmm. I would even this out. Kicked in the crotch, and you're to blame. Oh, God hand. <laughs> it's not mm. God hand, no. oh. um, A character tells... Uh, tells, Sorry, a character tells the player that a corrupt politician who was a wrestler before going into Metal Gear Rising? What? Damn it. No, once broke his opponent's hand and punched a referee. Sounds familiar. Metal Wolf Chaos? No. There's a corrupt politician who was a wrestler before going into politics who broke one of his opponent's hand and punched a referee. Saints Row 1 through the rest? Nope. 
Clue 3. Enemies can get hit or knocked down in slow motion. What? Uh... There's a bit of slow motion going on. Stranglehold. No. Pass. Good game, that. Uh, number four. Players who suffer from acrophobia, in brackets, a fear of heights, may have trouble playing this game. What? <sighs> no, he wouldn't be a wrestler. I was thinking, Bi- I was thinking <laughs> Bioshock Infinite, but then like Jonathan Comstock is definitely not an ex wrestler. <laughs> oh, I love that idea. <laughs> I think I've just got my cargo stuff. Is he in my Jonathan Comstock? Someone nah, Comstock. It's just Comstock. What? Yeah. Oh, I don't know that one. Okay, number five. When you fall off a building, your vision fades, and a crunching or splattering noise is made at the bottom. What? That's every game. <laughs> One of the Spider-Men's? No. I feel like the biggest clue for RFL might have been the Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Ultimate Destruction. No. Mirror's Prototype. Edge. Uh, it down. is Mirror's Edge. Oh. It is Mirror's Edge. God, the man who go. looks like Andrew Wilson, who's the evildoer in Mirror's Edge, is also <laughs> a wrestler. I have completely I forgot that. Uh, the last two clues... Uh, they're just about it would have been describing the enemies which would have made it a lot more easy <laughs> but there you go so that is three points to Joe so it's 9-5 with two games left there is no link between these by the way these are all just random games okay. I've and like I said not all time games as I've just proved uh, <laughs> okay next game if this game was a movie it would be rated PG-13 for prolonged frenetic sequences of violence action and mayhem Say again. Bayonetta. Nah. Uh, if this game was a movie, it would be PG-13 for prolonged frenetic sequences of violence, action, and mayhem. Dynasty Warriors 3. No. One of the other Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> Number two. Jesus and hell are used by civilians whenever you run through or bother oh, them. I was going to say, I was hoping that Jesus and hell are in the game. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. Um, <laughs> no, I wish. I should do that one day. You should play it one day, mate. Uh, I don't know. Okay, number three. I'm going to take out the name of the DLC, actually. In the DLC, there are about eight uses of damn and three uses of ass. <laughs> Doesn't say if those are the words. There could be three uses of that. Jesus. I'm going to say, well, one of the Saints Rows, why not? It's not a Saints Row. A game with DLC. There's your clue there. No. Uh, Clue four. One of the various side activities you can do involves stopping a drug cartel. Spider-Man? It is Spider-Man. Damn. There we go. People are saying Jesus in Spider-Man. That's naughty. It's similar to the Arkham one here. The next clue was, while free roaming the city, there is a particular billboard that shows a woman that wears a top with very low cleavage and is portrayed in a sexual way. But what is you, it about these But you cannot games? discern shape. <laughs> Her shape. <laughs> yeah, there is no shape. So <laughs> PG-13 only. Uh, so that is four points to Joe, which 
does mean he's oh! won. He's eight points clear, 13 to five, but there's one more to do. Just realised my window's so, open and there's people Tam, out there. <laughs> Tam, you, you can save face. All right. Right. The last game. This is absolutely not a game for children. Mm. Teens who play this game need parent supervision. Call of Man Duty. Hunt. Teens. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Manhunt. So, you bl- Call no. of Duty. No. Teens need supervision. <laughs> right. Number two. The overall level of violence is very violent, in all caps there. Combat is frequent and intense. Gears Sometimes there is so much blood effects on screen, the game will lag. Gears of War, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. No, Gears of War. Uh, one of the Tomb Raiders? No. I remember there was that <laughs> I've bit. I've never heard of a game lagging because there's so much Yeah, blood. I was trying to think there's that bit where she's like swimming through a river of blood, so I thought that might have lagged or something, but... Oh, that's very smart. Next clue. Players can use various potions, but none of them seem to have any sort of narcotic or addictive effect. <laughs> bring me your strongest potion. Um... No. You couldn't handle one of no. my strongest potions. A game of potions, okay. We'll, we'll you need to, to go to four. a cellar that sells weaker potions. <laughs> uh, clue four. Sounds are heard from a house that imply it is a brothel. Damn. Grand Theft Auto. Nope. Red Five. Dead 2. Nope. State of Emergency. Red Dead 1. Nope. Are we in the, are we in the right vicinity? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Number five. Many enemies can perform a grab attack that can severely harm the player character and is usually accompanied by a very violent animation. Jackie Chan's stunt master. It's got to be. He's done it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Imagine. A brothel. No. Uh, <laughs> Clue number six. Mild profanities here and there. Hell, damn, etc., as well as mild insults. Wretch, foul beast, nothing too strong. Bloodborne. Yeah. It is Bloodborne. Oh, oh, Tam, if you hadn't got that, I would have felt so <laughs> sorry for you. <laughs> so much blood, mate, the game lags, apparently. No, that's not true. Grow up, whoever wrote that. <laughs> He's furious. <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> that's two points to Tam. So that is a 13 7 win, but. Three games to two, so you know. Yeah. Everyone had a. Everyone I got. Had a I got there. the two. I, I got the two questions that I needed to get. That's fair. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you to lick my fun. ass um, with it. <laughs> Joe, how much time do we have? Uh, none. You? I have do to we have go. Enough time? <laughs> okay. What I'd like to say to more is, well, I'm delighted that you joined us. I'd like you to come back. I miss you a lot, and I wish I, I didn't have too. to do this meeting. It's fine, mate. Anytime you need me, you want me, I'm here for you. Lovely. All right. Sorry, everyone. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye, Joe. Enjoy yourselves. Peace. Uh, Me and Tam will be handling feedback like the pros we are, because we don't double book ourselves. Um, Hmm. I will say, we haven't talked about Ubisoft at all. That's because Matthew Perslow has played both Valhalla and Watch Dogs Legion, and will be on the podcast next week. I presume. So if you have any questions for Matt about his time with Watch Dogs or Assassin's Creed, send in some feedback to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com and I'm sure he'll do his best. And if you have questions for Matt about Bloodborne, ask 
there that too as well, yeah. And just ask him about <laughs> Bloodborne instead. He's played Bob. Yeah, you just, you just want to talk about you, when's your Bloodborne podcast started? Oh, mate, if I could. Oh, mate. <laughs> I'm, I might actually make a Bloodborne podcast. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, right, we've got a couple of pieces of feedback to do. Are you in the doc tab? Are you, are you, I'm getting you it up now. Yeah, I'm in there. Nice. I'll do my bit first. So, this is from Phil Reynolds. He says, hi all, love thee, etc. and so on. When you ambiguously said Sainsbury's cookies for your ambiguous ice cream sandwich, I was furious. <laughs> so so many missing details is unacceptable. Please remedy the situation. I would go for one white chocolate cookie and one oat and raisin sandwiching a luxurious vanilla ice cream. Maybe even classic whippy if I could. What's your perfect ice cream cookie sandwich combo? It's a great question, that. Mm. Um... I'm going to lead this off. I do think the Sainsbury's in-house bakery cookie is an absolute gold mine of a cookie. Um, I would agree with you. I'd go one white chocolate one. I love the white chocolate ones. I'd also go one taste the different salted caramel one Ooh. on the bottom. With in between, do you know what? I might go for a nice like coffee ice cream in the middle. Oh, getting Ooh, bougie just to take a little bit it. of the sweetness off wow. yeah i like i might do that mate um do that's it, how i'm do it tomorrow <laughs> i might do <laughs> i need to go i'm not i need to go sainsbury's but it could be done see i'm i think that sounds amazing first of all um i'm not super into ice cream sandwiches um just because uh, i i do like them place. i do like them i just <laughs> i just haven't had many in my lifetime for some reason mm-hmm. i will you give made your own yeah i've never made my own i will give the uh the lovely IGN audience. One other tip, though. This is Sainsbury's. Okay. Let's let's. If you happen to find yourself in a Tesco, mm-hmm. here's what you should do. Tesco have um, the bag of donuts that are ridiculously cheap, like a pound or something like that, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they're not good quality. Uh, however, if you put them in the microwave for about five seconds, they become like good donuts. They're soft and like wow. the the actual um. And you can also, you could probably poke up, you can see clearly where the, the filling has been piped in. And if you get like mm-hmm. a knife, you can reopen that and add more <laughs> to it. Um, so like <laughs> I, I used to like cut, cut, uh, cut it open a bit and fill it with ice cream. Um, or you wow, can fill it with chocolate or you can fill it with like extra jam, that kind of stuff. You are adding extra filling to, to a pre-made donut. Yeah, to a donut, yeah. Um, they're like, wow. they're really, usually when you get them, they're not that good. They're like really hard and, and kind of like uh, not super tasteful, but like five seconds in the microwave is enough. Um, and then you mm. can add to it. Or you could just have like, a, it's, it becomes good enough that you can just add some ice cream on the side or something like that. Or just eat it as its own donut. Basically, it's how you improve the cheapest donut <laughs> at Tesco's five seconds in the microwave yeah, I, I'm a sucker for the vanilla custard ones yeah mate I love those. stick it in a microwave yeah. add some more vanilla custard to it oh. <laughs> that's just yeah. you're such a decadent <laughs> young man uh, you can't do that in America no you can't, you can't. well actually, they probably pre-make it for you um You've got a piece of feedback. Yeah. Have you found it? Yes, I found it. This is from Alexander Vasquez. Uh, Hi, friends. I'm writing to you from sunny, stupid, COVID-19 infested Orlando, Florida. Everything's fine here. And there's no worry that we opened the biggest theme park in the world in just a few (laughs) days as confirmed cases skyrocket to more than 10K per day. As someone who works at a hotel on this magical property, my question is as follows. If you only had a few days to live, 
what's the last video game you would play? As I was thinking about it, many favorites came to mind, from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time to the 3D Prince of Persia games, but I settled on what I think is the most perfectly constructed game of all time, Tetris Effect. The bleeps and bloops of the falling blocks would very nicely sync up with the intermittent <laughs> beeping from my Florida-issued respirator. What would your choice be? Well, well first of all, great, <laughs> very well written piece of feedback composed. there from uh, Alexander Vasquez. Shout out to you, Alexander. Um, oh, see, we kind of talked about your favorite game earlier. Would Bloodborne be the last game? Would, no, would no, you no, want no, to no. Be happier. I would hundred percent. It'd be Overwatch. <laughs> Like, because that implies yeah, that I'd, I'd have that. to play it with my friends. I, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. you'd have friends around you. Uh, I was yeah, something like a game you could play with friends. I think is what I'd pick. That or no, it'd probably be Overwatch, which happens to also be my favorite game. Yeah, so, or just give me an hour alone with Football Manager, because then I can also listen to like my favorite al- album at the same time. So, That's good. Yeah, you want two you, in one. You want to do something that multitasks. <laughs> I think Overwatch will probably be it for me, um, just because it means that like it would be what like all of our all of our mate, our friends group playing together, just mm-hmm. lamenting the fact that I'm about to die, or we're all <laughs> about to die. Yeah. Um, if if you have a favorite last game you'd pick, or indeed an ideal ice cream cookie sandwich combo or if like Tam you've ever meddled with pre-made donuts uh, please send it into IGN <laughs> underscore UKP back at IGN.com <laughs> uh, it was an absolute pleasure having you Tam thank you for having me um, I'm a huge fan yeah. of the podcast uh, love the garage I obviously un- unironically love garage uh, music yep. so it's the only podcast that plays a garage interstitial <laughs> intermission so yep. thus one of the best podcasts of all time and exactly. It's it's about time I return the favor as I was on yours a few yeah. months ago. And everyone loves and you on ours. Still, like, bring back Cardi. I was like, yeah, we'll do that. Nah, I don't believe that. Um, we'll have to get Lucy on it sometime soon as well. But yeah. that would be nice. Um, I'll probably see you in a couple hours. To yeah, mate. Talk to you in a bit. Let's, let's chat. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone else, see you next week. Love you. Bye. bye. Hey. Nice one. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.